1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Friday, November 19th, and that means it is once again time for your serviceable and intriguing waiver wire pickups. We will talk some injury fallout in Atlanta. A new name surfaces in Oklahoma City and uh some portland trailblazers and much more coming up on this episode i'm joined by the author of the waiver wired column on nbc sports edge jonas nader and the former author of the waiver wired column on nbc sports edge steve alexander guys uh, i got a little jealous if you're watching on video you'll see this i got a little jealous of dr a changing locations frequently i have spread my wings uh picked up my setup for one day one day only a one day vacation from the uh from the typical recording location. This is really thrilling stuff. And in no way does it have anything to do with the catastrophic internet outage at my house. It is entirely because I just wanted to change the scenery.
2: Yeah, Matt, I we almost had a change of scenery for me today. As you know, I was I was set up and everything to do this from the locker room of a yeah of my local golf club. And uh yeah. I was sitting in there prepping and some dude walked in the locker room singing the oasis song uh wonder wall wonder wall he was singing "Wonderwall." don't
1: look back in anger yeah he was singing he was, an oasis b no it was
2: it was it was Wonderwall, and uh he was singing that at the top of his lungs as he came in to use the facilities and it was at that moment i decided maybe i should get in my car and, and think about coming back here
1: yeah the moment I decided maybe you should get in your car and come back there is when you texted me and said I'm thinking about doing this from the locker room. <laughs> uh, immediately I was like, "Are we? Are we sure about that, Steve?" But it's are nice, sure you know. That. I
2: was at the card table and the big screen TVs. I mean, it's is it was nice. It wasn't like it wasn't like a high school locker room. Okay. There was carpet.
1: Okay. All right. Well, but I, I appreciate you keeping it keeping it interesting. Nonetheless. Uh, all right, Jonas has mashed the publish button on his waiver-wired column yet again, as is the Friday tradition, and the Friday tradition we talk about some of the players in that column, and Jonas, one of the players, maybe at the top of that column, if I'm hearing you correctly, is uh, Larry Nance Jr.
3: Yeah, number one for me this year. So I actually pulled a quote from Chauncey Billups, and he was saying, when they first brought him into Portland, they thought Larry Nance was a four, but now he's like, okay, never mind, he's a backup five, maybe even a starting five at some point, so... He's been taking minutes from Yusuf Nurkic, and he's been closing over him, too. Like, this is a trend that's been going on for the last five games. And his numbers speak for themselves. He's in that top 80 range of that last five stretch and 16 points, nine rebounds, three assists, free steals, and a block on Wednesday. And that's after a 15.5 rebound game the game before, too. So I wrote down his, his resume is insane, too. Like, his per game Nine Cat ranks the last five years are 76, 84, 55, 87, and 89. And that's at like a sweet spot of like 26, 28 minutes. Like that's entirely possible. They love how he's playing in Portland right now. So I think he's the number one ad. His ownership rate shot up to like 38% within two days. It was like 21% two days ago. So people are getting on board. It might be too late in some leagues, but if he's still there, you're going to be very lucky to grab him. Yeah, I
2: feel like we, we all had him ranked reasonably high coming mm-hmm. into the season. And I mean, I thought he was going to play – for Portland from the get-go, but he really didn't do anything for those first couple weeks. And now I think Chauncey Billups has figured out that he's got something to work with there. And I, I don't know why he wasn't playing more earlier, but it's just good news for those of you who can still go out and get
1: him off the waiver wire. And, you also wrote up a guy we've talked about some recently, Nasir Little, who production-wise, the last couple games has been quiet, but the minutes, Jonas, are still in- very encouraging when it comes to Nasir Little. So he, I think, remains on the radar for that reason alone. Would you agree?
3: Absolutely, and remember, Billups, three games ago, I think it was after a bad loss, he was saying, we need some major rotation changes. And the two guys that he started playing more immediately were Nasir Little and Larry Nant So these two guys are at the top of my column for a reason. The Portland Blazers need a spark there's going to be a chance for Damian Lillard to rest quite a bit. Like this injury is not going away. So that basically uh, has a ripple effect on the rest of the rotation. So minutes are going to remain high for little and Nance, I think going forward. Uh, and you got to love him too. Like if you guys remember back in training camp, little was the guy that they kept talking about as like the buzzy name. Like it was little like, like, Oh, he's going to get the eighth or ninth rotation spot. And then they are like, Oh, he might be the sixth man this year. And now he might start. Right. Because Robert Covington, We all love Covington here. He's been a beast for a decade, but he might start over Covington soon. Like, it's not out of the question. I watched that last game where Nas didn't do anything
2: at all. Yeah. But when you watch him play, he's so active and he's so physical Mm -hmm. and he's such a defensive presence. I, Raph and I were talking about this Thursday. I kind of feel like Nasir is – is one of those guys that's going to be better in real life at basketball than he is in fantasy. Um, I think if the minutes are there like they are, he's probably worth a flyer. I'm just not sure how much of a fantasy asset he's going to be. If I'm picking between those two guys, uh, I'm going with Larry all day, but little is intriguing.
1: I would agree with you that I would pick up Nance first if you do have that option. It sounds like time is running out on that based on what Jonas said, but yeah. don't undersell Nasir Little's potential to get defensive stats though, Steve. That is the difference maker for him, and I remember even going back to his days at UNC. I remember watching him mm-hmm. one afternoon in particular. I was like, I don't get it. What's the story of Nasir Little? Why is he so hyped? And then like he had like a monster block on one end, and then just an incredible dunk on the other end in like 30 seconds. And I was like, oh, okay. I get
3: yeah. it. He's an insane athlete.
1: Yeah, there is a fantasy monster somewhere in there, and seeing a guy with that kind of potential getting minutes consistently in the mid-20s, sometimes in the upper 20s, has my attention. So if nothing else, he's an intriguing stash, maybe not a must-play right now.
3: Right, and remember, 1.4 steals and 1.2 blocks per 36 minutes, so he has that defensive upside, too, like you just said, so I'm pretty excited about him.
1: Yeah, all right. Well, meanwhile, uh, DeAndre Hunter is out for months, not weeks for the Hawks. In steps Kevin Herter, who, as of this recording, is actually still widely available in Yahoo Leagues, Jonas.
3: Yeah, and he had a dud two games ago. Like, people will look at the boss room and be like, oh, he had a dud. But no, he left the game with a hamstring injury, too. So keep that right. in mind. But before that, he was extremely volatile. He'll go for, what, I think he had like a 28-point game and six triples one night. And then the next night he comes out. When everyone's playing him in DFS or something like that or streaming him, he comes out with four points. like. Extremely volatile. Yeah. You could say that about almost every hawk this year, though. All the fringe guys—they've been super on and off. So quarter he was top a near top 100 player two years in a row in 30 minutes. So that role is on the table right now with DeAndre Hunter out at least two months, probably more. Uh, so yeah, you're looking at a guy that's probably a 10th, 11th round, a 10th, 11th round value for the next two months based on last year's numbers.
2: Yeah, uh, Ralph and I talked Thursday also about Cam Reddish and Kevin Herder. I think at the time they were both exactly 26% rostered, which was interesting. And then uh, I was like, I, I, I will take KM, and Roth said he wanted red velvet. So there was a kind of even split all the way around as to which one of those guys you want. I feel like Herder is streaky. Um, like you said, everybody plays him in DFS, and he has four points. Two days later, he's scoring 30. So they were both very intriguing. That The Hawks actually got addition by subtraction, I think, with losing Hunter because now it frees up more minutes for guys to fit in the rotation better because he was trying to play too many guys too many minutes before I think
1: yeah I've got Herder ahead of Reddish but uh, Reddish reminded us what he can do Jonas in that Hawks win or the Celtics on Wednesday and he's on your list as well
3: yeah he had 19 points two boards and assists three steals one block and one triple and I actually wrote like he's such a hard player to get a read on is he not like I wrote his career trajectory yes. right now is between Paul George and Lance Stevenson. And I fully believe that <laughs> he is just either the best player on the floor yeah. or the worst player that shouldn't be on the floor <laughs> at all. So, um, yeah. But if you're going to swing for the fences here, I think I'd rather take a flyer on Cam Reddish because if someone's going to be top 75, it's going to be Cam. Or he'll be outside the top 300 and you just drop him next week. right? I'd rather swing for that upside with Cam. Like I like Kevin Hoarder. We, he's probably uh, a safer pick here, but if you want to swing for upside, I think... Cam Reddish could be the best or second best player on this list, honestly.
2: Yeah, and we his career trajectory, like you said, thank you for throwing Lance, uh, Lance out there. <laughs> we haven't thought about him for a minute, but yeah. the upside is there with Cam. And everybody, I think, who watches him play and plays with him with the Hawks, like, man, this guy's really, really good. I think we're just waiting for it to all come together, you know? And I think it could happen this year, especially with Hunter out, so... I'm with Jonas. I'm swinging for the fences and going with Cam.
1: He hasn't been consistently healthy going back to his time at Duke. I mean, if he can just string together 30, 40 games without some kind of injury disrupting yeah. him, I think he could really take off. He was in a brutal, brutal shooting slump before that 19-point game on Wednesday, but broke out, looked pretty good. So Herter's slightly ahead for me, but I, I do love Cam Reddish, and the Steel's upside is much higher for Reddish. So, Right, that could be a tiebreaker for you too. Another intriguing name I keep seeing out there on my league's waiver wires is one Jeremiah Robinson Earl for Oklahoma City. And I know you wrote him up this week to Jonas. So what's your perspective on him?
3: Yeah. So the stats haven't been that great yet. But I actually posted a link to his like defensive upside against James Harden. He like completely locked up Harden. Like he's a six nine big man on the perimeter, just staying in front of Harden. That's not easy to do. Like, obviously, James Harden is not the same player he was two years ago, so I don't know if that happens a couple years ago, but still, it's intriguing, right? And remember, this is a team that didn't have a center rotation two weeks ago, and now this guy has taken a starting spot. He started four games in a row. It looks like he's going to stick. Mark Deschanel said he was very impressed with him last game, says he plays bigger than he is. Uh, Seven points, nine rebounds, 1.5 dimes, 1.3 steals, 0.5 blocks, and one triples in his last four games. And he hasn't even shot the ball well yet, too. So they're still upside for more. And there's no way they go back to Derek Favors or Mike Muscala after this. They can't, right? Like Jeremiah Robinson Earl is the guy they're invested in. They used a 30-second overall pick on him. Um, He's part of their future. And Isaiah Roby, no one knows where he is, right? Probably in the G League somewhere. So (laughs) completely out of of the mix. I'm picking Robinson Earl up. 7% rostered right now.
2: Yeah, I like him. I've been watching him play quite a bit this year because that first first big game he had I was like who is this guy and what does he do and I've been kind of been checking him out the fact he's only seven percent and the the fact that I've talked about this before the guys at the bottom of my rosters on almost all my teams are too good to to drop for him but I'm super intrigued by him I'm pulling for him I like watching him play and uh he's got the potential to be a defensive monster
1: I'm Doctor A and my rosters are too good to pick up Jeremiah Robinson Earl, but I, I like him.
2: We need to get uh, Derek figures out of there.
1: Yep. We also need to just make I'm Doctor A shirts as well. <laughs> Add to list of round ball stew apparel uh, to be made. Kind of a I'm kind Dr. of a big a. deal.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Can the Thunder put for a first? They've
1: done it before, right? What's that? And the Thunder flip Derek Favors for a first? <laughs> oh, wow. That, that would be quite an achievement. That would be like. magic. By the way, uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Robinson Earl has been a little volatile. Two points, two points, 16 points, and eight points in his last four. All four of his three-pointers over this four-game stretch came in one game. But as you said, Jonas, not even shooting well yet. So the fact that he is a guy who can hit four threes in a single game just adds to the intrigue, I'd say. Absolutely.
2: Hey, I, I have a quick question. Oh, yeah. What's that? Uh, somebody just asked a question, and I accidentally saw it. Would you guys drop Chris Boucher to pick up Nasir Little?
1: I, first of all, I like that you you said I accidentally saw it. Yeah, it's I don't. Okay I, don't, to, I, don't to see I try it. not to do that. Yeah. No, it's good. I, it's good to uh, answer some of the questions uh, for people watching live. Would you drop Chris Boucher to add Nasir Little I feel like that's pretty low risk for me. So, yeah, I, I'd be willing to do it. Jonas, where do you come down on that one?
3: I mean, Boucher did get 17 minutes. like He didn't play well, but no one plays well against the Jazz. Like That's not an easy matchup. Um, I'm actually going to stick with Boucher a little bit longer, or Chris Bosch as Doc would say.
1: Because
3: um, <laughs> yes. remember last year, he was only at 21 to 24 minutes, and he was in that early round range. So with OG Ananobi, we don't have a timetable for him. He gets set out a while or... At least we didn't hear for the foreseeable future like Dr. Malone, but out of the while it could be a couple weeks, three weeks, you never know. So I'm pick, I'm sticking with Boucher here.
1: Um that's a fair point. Which way do you go, Steve? I don't I, know. I, I'm right on the line if it wasn't clear, but but that is a good point about Ananobi's injury potentially opening up a window for, Bush, for Chris Bosch to play more. Steve?
2: Well, if you saw my Twitter yesterday, I was like, this could be a Chris Boucher evening because no OG, um Precious is out. But then again, he still plays for Nick Nurse and Nick Nurse can't stand him. So I was like, I'm fully expecting nothing, but I'm putting him in my DFS lineups, saying a little prayer. And of course, Bosch did nothing. So uh <laughs> I'm ready to cut I'm ready to cut him loose, I think. I, I don't know how much longer I can take it. I'm probably not gonna drop, did I say Bosch? Yeah. I'm probably not gonna yeah, I'm probably not gonna <laughs> drop Boosh. Boucher to uh, pick up Nasir Little, but I might drop him for someone else. Like I would drop Chris Boucher for Alex Caruso all day. Yeah. And I actually did yesterday.
1: It's it's actually gotten to the point Steve where I don't even know if you're doing the bit anymore. Like when you when you said Bosh a minute ago. It's not a bit. I thought you were joking but you actually weren't so that just adds to the appeal of it. It's not a bit. All right. Speaking of intriguing waiver wire names, another one I've noticed lately is one Chimezi Metu of the Sacramento Kings. Jonas, I think you wrote him up as well. What's your outlook?
3: Yeah, he's coming off probably one of the worst games I've seen honestly. Like everyone picks him up and then he just has a complete dud. He gets embarrassed, but uh, still, over the last four games, he's at 12 points, seven rebounds, 0.5 steals, 0.8 blocks, and two triples in only 25 minutes. Like that's still some fun upside, like a, a poor man's crispy as you would say. Uh, decent, and he's usually a, a good shot blocker too. So those blocks should come up too. So Luke Walton said he was going to start Metu for like five games and just reevaluate the lineup after that, which means we probably have two more starts. So you might as well just hold on to him for a couple more games to just see what happens, right? Yeah.
2: But Jonas the, that that three-game run he went on before the dud was was pretty awesome. It was. He had two threes, two threes and three threes. Mm-hmm. Um he was rebounding the ball. He had a double-double. He scored in double digits in all of those. And even the horrible game he still had eight rebounds and attempted four three-pointers. You know, if a couple mm-hmm. of those go in, he's got a different stat completely different stat line. So I'm in on him. Uh Roff and I talked about him Thursday and Roff is out. He Roff is not feeling it. I'm in. He was the number one player added on Yahoo, I believe, like two days ago, or at least that's what it, that's what the stats said. And uh, I'm I'm in for at least two more games until we see what's
3: going to happen.
1: Yeah, I, I would add Robinson Earl before Metu. I think personally, yeah,
3: probably a more stable role too. Like we don't have to worry about what happens after the two games, right? Probably more long term yeah. upside. But I like I mean Metu per minute wise is better right now, but like Robinson Earl probably has the higher floor because of the
1: minutes. Are consistent right all my rosters are too good to pick up any of these guys anyway so i mean i just <laughs> wouldn't even wouldn't even ever consider it okay uh pat Connaughton uh, has been hot for the bucks but now chris middleton is back can Connaughton survive the return of middleton jonas
3: i mean i dropped him because i thought middleton was just going to completely bury him and then he goes and scores 16 points and four triples so yeah uh, Yeah, that's a buzzkill for me. Top 30 player in 9cat over his last four games. I almost threw up when I saw that because I knew I... <laughs> but man, and now I'm kind of talking myself back into him because the Bucks still don't have Brooke Lopez. God knows where he is. Uh-huh. Dante DiVincenzo has no timetable. Uh, they have no depth right now. So Connaughton can still get 30 minutes off the bench. And huge mistake by me to drop him. So he's still out there in 30... What? He's rostered in 30% of the league, So still a decent mm. chance you can grab him.
1: Yeah, Connaughton, Middleton... And Grayson and Allen all were over thirty minutes mm-hmm. in the in that first game back. Steve, what were you about to say?
2: Well, Jonas, while I was in the men's locker room at the in <laughs> in the clubhouse at the golf course, I thought I saw a fresh Brooke Lopez update come across my phone. Do tell. I don't think we blurred it yet. I think it was a tweet. Huh. Um anyway, you all carry on. I'm gonna find that.
1: I'm kinda curious now too. Now it's all I can think about, Steve. All I can think about is the possibility of a Brooke Lopez update. But, Jonas, we're going to let Steve uh, go down that rabbit hole, and you and I are going to talk about the Cavs. Uh, we already have identified around these parts Jetty Osmond as a potential pickup with all the injuries in Cleveland. He missed a game with back spasms, but I would say he's a pickup if he gets back on the court this weekend, as well as Isaac Akoro, Jonas, who I think made the waiver-wired column, too. He did. No, I didn't include C.D. Osmond
3: because I think he's almost too obvious because he's, he's been a really good streamer for the last couple of weeks. So I didn't want to include him again. Right. Um, but yeah, I think Coro was outside of the top 200 as a rookie, like not the greatest fantasy stat set, to be honest. And this year he's only shooting three of 23 from beyond the arc. Not ideal. But there is some sparks when he plays like he can get to the rim at will. Just he's built like a tank. Honestly, looks kind of like Lou Dort. Um, and his last three games, he's at 38 minutes too. So that's why he's on here. The workload alone and opportunity is huge. 10 points, six boards, almost three assists and two steals over his last three games. That's like, that's not nothing, right? If he starts hitting shots, we may have a player on our hands here.
2: Yeah. That's what I think too. The NBC sports edge DFS optimizer loves pulling a Coro nightly. <laughs> and it's because he's playing almost 40 minutes a night and some nights He's not going to do anything like the game before this one. I had him in DFS lineups. So he really didn't do anything. I stuck with him, played him e- again last night and he, he kind of rocked and Osman has a hurt back now. And that's probably why Osman only played 19 minutes the game prior. That is also good news for a So I, I'm kind of all in on a Coro right now. And the Brooke Lopez update from Shams is he's been out since opening night. He's progressing toward a comeback. For the reigning champs and says he has a target return date in mind and then i guess you got to watch the video to find out what that target return date may be but there's at least some encouraging news on brooke lopez we know where he is
1: okay i I'd, I'd love something a little more concrete from brooke but it is at least a start an update is an update so i guess if you've been stashing brooke lopez in any leagues you stay patient and if he's out there now steve you're shaking your head Steve, Brooke Lopez is a good fantasy player when he plays. You can shake your head all you want, but he gets threes and blocks.
2: Oh, I know he is. I know also I know you love him. I'd love is a strong
1: word. No, if it's, you're it's a big word. No, you're you always say if
2: Brooke Lopez is sitting there in the ninth round and it's my pick, and I need a center, I'm taking him, and I'll, I'll be happy to do it. You, you like Brooke Lopez. I don't know if you love like, him. Like,
1: yes. You like him. I like him. Yeah, we'll agree on that. Okay. Jonas. Let's get before we get to some other names that did not make the column that maybe are worth talking about. Let's talk about your watch list, which includes Jared Vando Vanderbilt.
3: Yeah, 23 plus minutes and three straight. Uh, looks like Chris Finch is starting to trust him more. And uh, there's not too much to say here. But keep in mind, Vanderbilt has an elite steal, rate. Right? It's like near the top five game day for the last two years. He's also has like almost a poor man Draymond passing ability. Like he's actually a really good playmaker too. Uh, And the other thing too, is he's been racking up some blocks lately. The field goal percentage is going to be sky high because he doesn't shoot outside of three feet. Like he physically can't like it's just not going to happen. So that keeps him away from the free throw line a lot as well, where he really, really struggles. So I'm in on Vanderbilt. Can he be consistent? Like, it looks like they're sticking with Vanderbilt and Patrick Beverly as like their seventh and eighth guys. So starting to get very intriguing here. Yeah. Intriguing is the right word there. I'm, I'm,
2: I'm watching Vando. I'm not. I'm not racing out to pick him up just yet. But he's he's carved out a role for the Wolves, and I like the Ben Simmons comparison that he physically can't shoot from more than three <laughs> feet away. Yeah.
1: Also, by the way, speaking of Minnesota, I want to talk about Beverly in a second. But if Jaden McDaniels is appearing on your waiver wire, that is a guy I would be willing to pick up too. He's 34% rostered in Yahoo right now. He actually, despite you know struggling early in the year continues to play pretty significant minutes for the wolves 30 plus minutes in three of his last four he has 15 point game a 13 point game in there he's still getting well he's getting steals he's hitting some threes like he's he's gradually showing signs that he might be able to turn around and most importantly chris finch keeps playing him
3: yeah and if his steals are like 1.5 and his blocks are 1.5 like i'll take it right And then anytime he gets you 10 points and like five, six rebounds, that's just gravy on top too. So kind of like that Matisse Bull kind of player too. So very interesting, way better in category leagues and points, obviously. But yeah, he is starting to play a lot better.
1: Meanwhile, Patrick Beverly starting for the Wolves right now in nine starts, which span his last nine games. He's at 8.6 points, 5.2 rebounds, 4.8 assists, 0.6 steals and 1.0 blocks as well as 0.83s in 30 minutes. He's just 22% rostered. So I think we're all a little weary of the Beverly experience where we see him pop up with short-term value and then he like gets hurt or something. Right. But right now, he's healthy. And if you need dimes, and I think he has five blocks in his last two games, like a little bit of dimes, a little bit of defensive stats. I mean, I think you could do worse if you're uh, desperate for a, a point guard on the waiver wire. Yeah,
3: you have to constantly worry about him getting ejected. But like you said, top 80 player in his last three Can't argue with that. So I have him as a streamer instead of a pickup because eventually the wheels will fall off. But yeah, for now, you can still ride it for sure.
2: I'm a little worried about Beverly because I haven't seen him hurt anyone yet this year. And I mean, it's already almost December and I'm getting a little concerned. Uh, (laughs) Has he even been ejected yet? I mean, what is going on? He has? Okay, thank goodness. But yeah, Beverly's one of those guys, man. Like, he's just going to bounce on and off of teams all year long. He'll be on the waiver wire, and then somebody will pick him up, ride him for three games. He'll get ejected, suspended. They'll dump him. He'll get hurt. He's just going to bounce around the wire all year. But if you catch him on the right uh, four-game streak, he can help you.
1: Also, uh, for the Nets, Joe Harris is out right now with an ankle injury. Enter Patty Mills, who has played 30 or more minutes in the last three games and has hit a total of 17 three-pointers during that stretch. Jonas, are you enthusiastic on uh, picking up Patty Mills for points and threes. I mean, a little bit. Do they have three
3: or four games this week? Let's see. I think it's three.
1: Surely Steve has that information on an index card. Yeah, they have, they have three games. So yeah. not doing my job. Joe Harris, is, yeah, Steve, do your job. I'm just sitting over here watching a, watching a
3: show. <laughs> yeah, Joe Harris is going to miss at least one more. We don't know anything after that. So if we do get word that Joe Harris will miss a fourth straight, then yeah, I'm going all in on Patty Mills. Like you said, 19.3 points, 5.7 triples, and two dimes over his last two games. Sorry, three games. Um, He's not going to be this good, though. Like, let's be honest. He's not going to hit uh, 19 three-pointers every three games again. But uh, the Nets really have no one outside of Harden and Durant producing an offense right now. Nick Claxton apparently has the worst cold in the world. They keep saying non-COVID illness, but he's been out for four weeks. I don't know what's going on there. That's super, super shady. And Blake Griffin can't hit a three to save his life. You guys saw the stats on him. He's like like, 13% or something crazy like that. They need Patty Mills right now. So, yeah, ride him while he's hot for sure. Brooklyn, three games right now this week, and then three games next
2: week, and then three games the week after that. So, not ideal. But also, I don't think we can talk about Brooklyn without mentioning Bruce Brown. He's, he's been playing pretty well. And with Joe Harris out of the way, that also impacts Bruce Brown, uh, who is a steals monster. He's not going to hit threes. He's not going to score a lot of points. But he, he'll get boards and, and uh,
1: steals. That is true. He has 7, 10, 12 steals in his last five games. That's a lot. I just confirmed that's a lot. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Danny Avdia was was showing <laughs> some signs of life, Jonas, yeah. but do we think that was just because Bradley Beal was out and are we kind of moving on once again or are you a little more optimistic than that?
3: He's still in that 14-team, 16-team range for me. Like He's getting closer. Like If he gets to 28, 30 minutes, then I'll think about adding. But like I said, he was actually in the top 50 in his previous three games before that dud last night, 9.3 points, nine rebounds, 0.7 dimes, one steals, one blocks and one triples. Like that's really, really awesome. So like he take, he took a major leap on defense. Uh, I actually posted a link mm-hmm. in the waiver column. You guys can check it out. But Mike Smith's uh, the draft Google for ESPN tweeted a link of Abdija's defensive plays on all the top players in the NBA this season. Like it's not nothing. Like he's actually really, really good on defense this year. So it's kind of become their defensive stopper. They even talked about him making the all defensive team. Like, that's how good he's been this year, too. So, wow. if he gets in that 28 30 minute range, there's some upside here.
2: Yeah. I like keeping an eye on him. And if he ever gets hot and goes on a, like a more than a two game tear, I think I'm going to, I'm going to jump in there. But, we, you know, when Beal was out, he did play very well. And how weird have the Wizards, this is a shifting gears, but I, I just think it's wild that Spencer Dinwiddie plays in a game, scores zero points, goes 0 for 5, and you're like, oh my gosh, that was terrible. He plays again tomorrow. Surely he'll come back and help me out then. And then he takes that game off for rest. And then Ra- Raul Neto goes out there in his place, sort of, behind Aaron Holiday and gets one fantasy point for the entire game. So if you are messing with guards in Washington right now, it's it has not been a pleasant uh, couple days.
1: I just want to add one more thing. Well, I just want to say we talked about Killian Hayes the other day, and we and he kind of kind of had a dud right after that, and and I wouldn't pick him up and start him right now, but I just want I just want to tell you guys, ten steals and three blocks in his last four games, that includes a six steal game, so that's obviously carrying a lot of the weight there, but there's a little something a little something brewing for Killian Hayes. It's a long season. This is just a guy you don't need to pick him up right now but this is just a guy who I would just continue to watch and and look for signs of consistency because you know later in the season he could be interesting yeah
3: i think he has a top three steal rate right now in the whole league so yeah something that's not that's not nothing like i say
1: really quick before we get out of here we want to talk about a couple of old dudes first i'll say rudy gay had 20 points and five threes in 20 minutes in 18 minutes in his jazz debut he's just 6% rostered i don't think we're too excited about rudy gay but in a super deep league i think Maybe he's worth a look because some people play in leagues where none of these guys are available. Rudy Gage is 6% rostered in Yahoo League. Does anyone want to offer anything more uh, enthusiastic than that? Mm, I mean, maybe a 14-teamer. Like He's actually been pretty good the last couple of years. Like, defensive stat-wise, it's
3: like it's weird. He has a Benjamin Button effect on his defensive stats. They've actually gone up as he's gotten <laughs> older. It's weird. But uh, yeah, he's interesting in 14, 16, but he's going to be load-managed a lot this year. Uh, I don't think he gets above 20 minutes consistently. So... This will probably be his best game of the year, honestly. That's exactly what I was going to say. I wrote that in today's daily dose. <laughs> I said,
2: if you go pick up Rudy Gay right now, you just missed his best game of the year. So, okay. it's not going to get any better than that. He hit, he hit like six or seven shots. What a what a freakish season debut that was. Like, uh, yeah, it was unbelievable. It was the last thing I thought that I would see coming. But anyway, hey, have, props to all of us for the Devin Vassell talk a few weeks ago. He's been awesome. Yeah, he has
1: been. Also, by the way, with Rudy Gay, I'm just going to say, nothing incredible last year, but I think he played in 63 games. He averaged 11.5 points, nearly five boards, 0.7 steals, 0.6 blocks, 1.7 threes. You could do worse in a deeper league. And that was in like 21 minutes a game. Yeah, absolutely. So... Rudy Gay uh I don't I'm not going to stand here for all this Rudy Gay disrespect that's happening. This guy's a guy's been had quite a career. He's been in the league for about 25 years. So I really thought you were going to say he's
2: pretty pretty pretty
1: <laughs> pretty good. I I've I've always enjoyed Rudy Gay. And uh lastly Steve, you said in your email, you sent an email. The truck. You said, "Should we talk about Ed Davis?" Eddie Ed Davis. Do you want to make the case? You wanted to bring it up. I
2: don't know that I'm gonna make any
1: I'm not I don't know if I'm gonna make any cases. I am gonna
2: say that he was thirty five hundred bucks in FanDuel last night. I knew that he started the game before, played decent, and I knew he was I thought he was probably gonna start last night. I went ahead and threw him out there. I think he had like thirty-two FanDuel points, won me money. And if Ed Davis is gonna start, I'm gonna use him. I'm gonna play him.
1: And that's with Jared Allen missing multiple games due to an illness so actually ed davis did have like a couple solid games in a row he did. so i mean if we're talking like really deep deep desperation streamers I, I don't mind it i mean i thought he was in the big three i didn't know he was still in the league <laughs> so came on me but well,
0: it was funny
2: because Ke- Ke- my buddy keelan sent me a text when he looked at our our fan scores and he's like Ed Davis, really? He's like, can you tell me who he plays for? Like, do it right now. (laughs) It's like, hold on a
1: second. (laughs) Jonas, any other names we did not mention that you feel obliged, obliged, obligated to get in here?
3: I'll have one more name out there. I did throw Emmanuel quickly on there because Evan Fournier is playing like the worst player in the league right now. Absolutely horrendous. Complete garbage. Uh, RJ Barrett has been hit or miss like (laughs) RJ Barrett had that monster start and then disappeared for five games. So they've been using a lot of two-point guard lineups. And Kemba Walker, like, uh, has been pretty shaky, right? He has these games where he goes 20 points. And the next game he has five points. So uh, keep an eye on Emmanuel quickly. They're using a lot of two-point guard lineups in New York these days.
2: Well, I feel like Thibodeau's like, at the end of his rope. Like, something's going to have to give here. That, like, Derrick Rose had five turnovers there other night, including a beautiful pass right to Jalen Suggs to end the game. If you look at the Knicks' box score from that last game they played when they got beat by the Orlando Magic, which never happened, like, it is literally a dumpster fire. It, it's like watching the Falcons play the Patriots.
1: Okay, stop. Too, <laughs> too soon. Too soon.
2: But yeah, the, the Knicks are, are our train wreck. I, I love Quickly also. I, I wish they didn't have so many
1: guards in front of him. I, I wish Kemba and Rose would go away and they just let Quickly play. Kemba is showing signs of potentially going away. Here are Kemba's last seven point totals. four, five, eight, two, twenty-six, sixteen, 26, 16, and five. And the 26 was in Charlotte, a very clear case where they were like, all right, Kemba, go do the thing. Clearly, he can still do it, but they're just holding his minutes majorly in check. I mean, the minutes during that stretch are... 28 15 27 18 31 that was the Charlotte game 20 and 21 they're just they're just saving him either for the playoffs or later in the season but they Tom Tom Thibodeau is showing no interest in doing what he's done so well over the years which is run players into the ground they are clearly being very careful with Kemba Walker's minutes maybe that's going to get lifted later in the season I don't know but for right now he's barely playable or is it just
2: because they have so many point guards i mean i i don't i don't know man that's the Knicks are a mess
3: four knee surgeries in five years for Kemba that's not nothing
1: (laughs) man All right. well that is going to do it for us don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify wherever you listen take a second to rate and review us as well we're here every day of the week during the regular season we'll be back on Monday with some takeaways from the weekend potentially some additional waiver wire pickups thanks to all of you for listening on the podcast and watching with us live if you were doing so Jonas Steve thanks to both of you I hope you both have a lovely weekend thank you you too you too man